0: Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live with myself, Alex William Smith, better known to many of you as Jonathan Royal, the British bad boy of hypnosis from MagicalGuru.com. I'm excited this week that, uh, well, you see a lot of you may know I talk about things that are winky-wanky, arty, farty tree-huggy, new-agey bullshit. And I will be asking questions along those lines during the next hour. Rest assured, I'm not totally losing the plot. But I have had the privilege of speaking to this lady we're going to interview before. So I know that there is some... uh Shall we say more? There's more sanity behind this than it may first appear. Trust me. We're going to speaking to a lady who is the author of a book, Create Your Perfect Future. That's one of many, but coming out very shortly on the 14th of April 2020. And I mentioned that because you might be seeing this in a few years time, in which case the book's already on sale. Uh, and it's called Future Vision, Your Working Life. 10 strategies to help you get ahead uh it's been released on the 14th of April 2020 through Watkins publishing and you can pre-order it on Amazon now we're going to definitely be talking about that this lady is a clairvoyant of whom Paul McKenna the world famous hypnotist has uh, made comment that she is got amazing ability whatever you make of that She knows about the tarot and she is mainly known for future life progression. Yep, using hypnosis to take people into the future. I know it sounds bonkers at first hearing. Or into the past, so-called past life regression. So please welcome to the show the lady that fits all of these things that I've just said. Here from England, Anne Jersk. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Fantastic so Anne tell us uh, in brief to start with then we'll get into your book and uh, and the different areas in more detail as we go along but how did you end up where you are now i.e because at one point you were not the expert in future life progression and past life regression at one point you were normal <laughs> Can we say I don't it?
1: know if I've ever been normal but actually as a kid I was because Most people in my line of work have amazing stories. Oh, I had a vision and, you know, an angel appeared or some other stuff. I never had any of that ever. But my nan, my granny, my nan, because Londoners say nanny, not grandma. My nan was a fortune teller in the east end of London. She was quite an outrageous character. But she read The Tea Leaves and I used to stay with her a lot. And so I, I knew it worked because I'd hear the feedback. I'd hear her say things then they would happen. So I knew it worked. So I would try and have a premonition because everybody went in. You've got to remember my generation, the jobs. that I remember the school uh, career officer coming around. You can work in a factory or shop, or if you're really clever, you'd be allowed to type. Well, I wanted to be a bunny girl, but that's another story. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I was skinny. I was like olive oil. There's no chance of me being a bunny girl. But so the next best thing was be a fortune teller. And I used to try and have a premonition and it never happened. I even by fluke and guesswork, I never got it right. So but I knew it did work. So I I did what any self-respecting mystical person did back then, late 60s. I did what the Beatles did. The Beatles went to India, so I thought, well, that must be right. If the Beatles go there, that must be right. So I went off to India in my teens okay. and uh, traveled around. And and I'm not very good at meditation and, and things, so I'm, I'm a fidget. Leo's are. I bet you're a fidget. So yeah. I, I try and be all mystical, and I weren't very good at that either. But I met uh, – he was actually a beggar, but he actually taught me all this stuff in Calcutta sat on the mat every day and I'd go and talk to him and he started to open me up and I was asking the dumbest questions poor guy but he was very patient and when I came back a friend bought me some tarot cards now I tried to read them before geez were they complicated and i you know as I said I'm not very patient so I'm trying to read this card that means this one it's next to that but if it's over there it means that I couldn't get my head around any of it when I come back, my friend bought me a pack. I just opened them could read them. I, I literally just would pick them up. Even now, I don't read cards. It's like they talk to me. Stuff comes into my head and it tends to be right. So I was happily reading cards for many, many years. Many, many years. I was reading cards and I started to hear about past life regression and that gripped me. I, it made sense to me but you go back then there was no internet I couldn't find a regressionist or anybody that did any training Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then the great Denise Lynn showed up in London and I I went along and it was the most mind-blowing she regressed 800 people in a room 800 it was mind-blowing and my experience made me even keener and you've got members part of me is quite skeptical about everything and I try and, and find the science behind things but it just made sense to me so i went and trained in hypnotherapy because i thought i better go and train in something um and there was no training for past. so i went and trained in clinical hypnotherapy and i did build a practice and i worked with that for a long time and i really enjoyed it but traveling around in time gripped me more so for many years I, i i um for many many years i regressed people then one day, some young military lads popped in to see me and wanted to see something from the past. And we did like a group session and we all jumped forward. And what we actually saw was um, we didn't know we jumped forward. We thought it had all gone wrong. I mean, we, we kind of went, oh, that was a waste of time. We didn't go back and see what we wanted to. What we saw was the attack on the Twin Towers three weeks before it happened and and in detail and it shocked us but we didn't know enough to stop it you know we didn't really because there'd been no presidents so you know uh, how can you how can you um
0: okay for the skeptical ones i'm i'm going to jump in here and play devil's advocate so you're saying
1: Mm.
0: thought you were doing a past life regression yeah thought it had gone wrong yeah then when things came to light you realised that you'd actually jumped forward, future life progression, yeah. and seen what was going to happen with the Twin Towers, 9-11.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What made you believe when that happened in reality? Yeah. That that is what you had all, I'm going to say, potentially just visualised, imagined. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I, you know, was it, that clear that it had to be that or could there be an element here of making it fit it would just happen to clean yeah, it and care- yeah, the buildings do,
1: you do have to be careful about making things fit okay i'll tell you what uh because it was actually my now husband that led the three of us because we, we wanted to do a group thing and um, so i got him to take us back and none of us did did go back so what first of all he spoke to steve and said to steve um lovely glaswegian crazy military man said to him what um what do you see expect him to go back to, to see past." he said I've not gone back at all I don't know where I am time wise but I haven't gone back I'm seeing two skyscrapers next to each other smoke pouring out of them there's people on the ground running there's dust everywhere there's a helicopter going around it says CNN so this is uh, America that's all he said so mm-hmm. this is the conclusions you know so then he asked dave and dave said i, I i'm not see- i haven't gone back either i think we're just having a bad day we're not on form today he said but i'm looking out over a bay and i know it's america and he said it doesn't make sense because all i know is the skyline has changed but how can a skyline change so he was baffled by that then he asked me and i, just said, I- I've not gone back, but I'm seeing Middle East, pipeline, oil. How can that be connected? So none of it made sense. But mm-hmm. when it happened and you saw these two buildings, two skyscrapers next to each other, a smoke coming out, we, we kind of felt that that was uh, what we'd seen. In fact, we're pretty sure. But the thing that um, is interesting is we've done that loads of times since and we've not been wrong so far.
0: So okay. we're, I'm just going to play devil's advocate a bit more here. Eh? Yeah, carry um, on Is it possible Alright, and even if it is This wouldn't explain your part in this bit But is it possible that the military gentlemen Had overheard Seen sight of documents or, or something that they may not have been consciously aware of Or they were consciously aware of But wouldn't have ever under normal circumstances Out directly shared because there is more and more mounting evidence that the Twin Towers was not a terrorist attack. The, the government made it happen. It was a false flag. More and more mounting evidence. Yeah. And that the military, therefore, would have involvement, certainly in America. But who knows? Yeah. You know, could they perhaps have been, like, offloading something that they knew was going to happen? Uh-
1: they were, by the time they we did that they'd actually come out the military and working in private companies okay but right. but that would have been very very hidden knowledge i think i mean it's highly possible i've read the i've read the evidence i've read the evidence i know exactly what you're saying who was behind it is is a different conversation um i, I think um mm. but i don't think there was any way we could know i If anything like that is a setup, it's very, very well hidden. Because it's a more
0: generalised, wider scope. There are people who would say that, and there's obviously two elements here, future life, progression, and past life. Start with past life. There's people who would say, argue that, yes, genuinely people do go into past lives. Yeah. Okay. And I'm guessing that you fall into that camp, given that you are the expert in this field.
1: I'm actually quite open-minded to everything because i think there's so many things we don't know from what i see it makes more sense to me to have more than one lifetime okay. when you see people have added a, a, i thought that as a little kid which didn't go down too well when you you know when you when you grow up um in London and uh, Church of England don't go down too well. But it's never made sense to me that some people are born into such suffering and others aren't. So it's always you can remember three quarters of the world believe in reincarnation. Mm. I'm not a religious person. I try and be open minded if somebody come up with a brilliant explanation. I think one of the key thing is, Jonathan, is that we don't understand time. And one, one of the things that comes out, I've got a list of quotes somewhere from all the great, greatest quantum physicists. And what they basically say is, if you think you understand it, you don't. Um, one of them even said, I wish I'd never had anything to do with it. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd never had anything. it. Drives, it drives you mad trying to understand because we're trained from birth to think of time as linear. But there it's
0: is, bullshit, isn't it? We only know as human beings. So I've got a watch on yeah, which says there's 60 minutes in an hour and the 60 seconds in a minute. Yeah. But somebody created that. They made it up as a, a way yeah. of relating to each other. It could be. Had it been different, we could be sat here now and there's 50 minutes in an hour and, uh, yeah. and 40 seconds in a minute or what?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't understand it. And what we don't also understand is that we can tap into the future. And the remote viewers have actually proven this. I mean, massive amount of money has gone into studying remote viewing. And many of the great remote viewers have said it's just as easy to tap into the future as the past as the present. They don't have any problem. The one thing they have said is the future can be variable, which I'm relieved about. I don't want it to be set in stone. I like to think we got, we're not robots. And so we can tap into the future. The remote viewers have predicted lots of things. But after this after this happened, um, I started to experiment with the lads, mainly with Dave, because Steve goes missing. Or goes on missions or he's off drinking or he's doing something he goes missing he just appears in windsor all of a sudden out the blue every five years he's a great character but i worked a lot with dave and one of the things i we did i said to him i want to find bin laden okay. and he, i knew where he was i'd already put a cross on a map he was up the Khyber pass i knew where he was but i just thought we'd try i'll try and see if i can get him to tell me but one of the things i asked him was will they find bin laden and his answer was they're not actually looking for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, they are much more involved in all this than we, un, than we know. Now, at the time, that was a ridiculous statement. We actually love. What do you mean they? I said, who's they? And he said, well, America, something to do with the UK. We're all involved in this. At the time, that was an outrageous thing to say. So it was really, really interesting he said that. And I said, um, so they're not looking for him. He said, no. He said, they're too busy getting ready to invade Iraq. He said, and they're going to say they have chemical weapons, but they know they don't. I wrote this down. This was this was like a few weeks after the attacks, so this was straight after, a few within weeks. Um, and we just laughed at that; it sounded nonsense. And for three years, we would make predictions and experiment. And then uh, what, one of the big shots in in self help said, "Why aren't you writing this down and documented it?" So I started to do that. And I'd send him a copy and he'd say, This stuff's really extreme. This isn't of you know, things we can guess at. This is gonna happen, it's gonna be an earthquake here or whatever. This was really unusual stuff. And he said, This this is really happening. So then I started to experiment with clients. Can and they'll
0: in here and ask this. Yeah, did you? And if you didn't, why didn't you? Okay, mm. from a skeptical standpoint. Yeah. Uh, um By documenting this, why do you, you know, write it down, but then, like, send yourself a a copy via sign for delivery that's clearly sealed up, signed over the seals, so that if need be, you know, in a court of law or in a public arena with the media, you could prove that you'd documented this weeks, months, days or years, whatever, before, um, which would totally shut up any sceptics.
1: Do you know, I I really wish I had it done, but at the time, I was Anne from Slough. I'm in this really uh, crazy little office near a trading estate, totally unknown, had no credibility. One thing working with the future life stuff, my life took off overnight. I mean, everything took off. Tapping into the future, your life takes off big time. Uh, and plenty of other people have said the same thing. But at the time, totally unknown. I just, I just didn't even think of it. The internet was still quite early on. You know, I, I should have done. In fact, the, the the person who's a big shot in the, in self-help said to me, you've got to write this down. And so i posted it to him. I, did, I should have posted it to myself. I know to do that. Um, but we can certainly do it from now on. I mean, we've constantly predicted things. It's like 10 years ago, I, I said, we'd be coming out of the EU. Absolutely. I'm now right now saying Italy's coming out. I absolutely tell you, categorically, Italy will come out of the EU. Uh, They will get their currency back. They will devalue their currency. and Money will pour in. They will thrive. So the other countries that are struggling in the EU will will jump up and do the same thing. I categorically tell you that. So I do make uh, your prediction. Now, I should do it more often. You're absolutely right should do at the time but I think I think also we didn't write it down we kept thinking it must be a fluke we on even though we were getting everything Mm -hmm. right I think there's part of us thinking it was a fluke although if you go to my second book the future is yours there's quite a lot of predictions in there and I must go back and reread it because I don't remember what I said Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't I did um I did predict the iPad only the iPad I said is much more advanced than what you've got today i predicted the japanese to sami unfortunately because that was awful but yeah we have predicted things but and i did put quite a lot of predictions in that um but i'll have to go back and see it again i've been so busy developing what i do
0: what would you say to people who might think well you know perhaps through common sense mm. or perhaps through and this is the context of you kind of coming up with things clairvoyantly, but future life progression could also apply to the, to the clients maybe, that they could have picked up information from here and there that they're not consciously aware of, and through common sense, uh, almost strategically work out that such and such is potentially likely to occur. Or
1: oh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: Yeah. In, in the same way that you know mm. governments have think tanks to predict how market economy is going to go and quite often they'll publish it at the start of the yeah. year and you see that that happens mm. um although some would argue they make it happen it, yeah do, do, do you think that there can be an element of as you say self-fulfilling prophecy or or or, or almost a logical awareness but without consciously knowing that do you i've
1: not- quite a lot because I think you know um, But one of the things I've noticed is people it's a bit like manifesting okay so in a way it's a bit like manifesting so and I've, I've talked to people a lot about manifesting because they love it they sit in their front room and they go I want a pink Rolls Royce or whatever it is they want or a bigger house or win the lottery they, they very rarely do I mean I don't they're good at manifesting the new pair of shoes or the electric bill money but they're not very good at the pink Rolls Royce and so People's imagination, most people's energy is not going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. If it's something big, how many people do you know have manifested millions? And I know Oprah Winfrey champions this, but if she sat in her front room asking the universe or whatever, she'd still be sitting there, wouldn't she?
0: Without mentioning names, I, my experience is the vast majority of apparently massively successful rich life coaches, hypnotists, Personal development people made their money in a different industry, then got into the coaching, hypnosis, whatever, and, and gave the perception that it was those techniques that got them the lifestyle and the money, and it wasn't. That's interesting.
1: That is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, yeah, so I, I can imagine that. Yeah, totally. I've worked. I've worked in this field forty-five years, but I have done well with property
0: you know yeah
1: but that's not how i've made my money i've done well with property but all it's done is got me bigger houses each time or whatever or another property um everything i've done
0: and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with having a sound hustle uh but i I do think there's something wrong if for the sake of speaking i don't know hypothetically you run a a chain of gymnasiums yeah Uh, And then you sold them off and made a stack of money out of that, got yourself a big fancy house and then started doing hypnotherapy uh, and portraying that you'd bought your big fancy house and cars through doing hypnotherapy when you hadn't.
1: Do you know, I'm somebody that likes to be very straightforward and I've said many, many times, especially in my early years of working in this field, I couldn't pay my bloody bills. I mean, I've been, you know, I, I've talked about my tough times. Uh, Because that's what motivates me. I don't want to be poor again. And I think there is a a lot of BS in in the field. You know, people talking a lot bigger than what they really are. You know, there's a lot lot of talk. Mm. People kind of like to show that they're, oh, I've got so many clients. I'm so successful. Look how big it is. And I kind of bail out of all that because I just think you'll get caught out. So I'm just always very, very straightforward with everybody and tell them my background, tell them where I'm from. Tell them what I'm not good at. I, I just prefer to be very straightforward. So I've done okay in this field. For the amount of years I've been in it, I've actually taken a long time, is what I've often said to people.
0: Yeah, you've earned your stripes, so to speak, as I say. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think we should earn our stripes, yeah.
0: What's your view on... Um, don't worry, we'll get back to FLP and, and past life and stuff. It doesn't kind of integrate. Oh. But it just... Um, There is a lot of bullshit out there, uh, but there's a lot of people that probably are maybe seeing eight, nine, ten clients a day, five, six days a week. Yeah, there might be. God forbid, to me personally, I don't know what your view is, but to me, I don't see how anybody can possibly give 100% the best possible therapist they could be to each client if they're seeing eight or nine of them a day. No,
1: I I, I don't aim to see huge amounts of people in fact what I did was I doubled my prices and I see less people uh because uh, my clients end up I I mean I go and I stay with them when I'm overseas go out for dinner I mean I kind of get to know my clients so um and I prefer that I want to kind of really look after my clients so it's not and a lot of them come to me I mean we We end up with our speciality. it finds us, and for me, I get more people come to me to do a business than anything else. so I mainly get business people come to me and so i and they it might be for intuition and you yeah, know people are really shocked when they find out the caliber of people that come to me for for readings and they're basing huge deals on uh based on talking to me which which is very uh, flattering so i've gone more more that way. That is what I love doing. I'm, I'm, I love business. I love business. I'm not particularly good at it, which I've often said, but I do love working for business people and helping them grow their businesses, looking out for pitfalls, which is why the new book's about business. It is about work and business um, and that's because that's what my work's um, been about. For, for, that's the direction it's gone more in. So I, I love that. I love that business people trust me. With that, with what's coming up, so no, I'm not interested in seeing dozens of people. You can do; that can sit at the end of the pier, charge a small amount. You know, sit there all day, you'd be exhausted. Uh, mm. You know, I don't think you do as good a job. Um, I don't think so. I like to be clear-minded, focused, ready for my clients, to make sure I do a good job. That's that's my thing. I
0: I couldn't agree with you more about that. I mean, there might be some things as we go along we don't agree on, but that's, we can agree to disagree. But so far, I'm sorry, I'm, out I'm agreeing yeah. with Anne. even <laughs> wanky winky, winky, Because undeniably, anyone who goes on Google and taps in your name uh, and spends five, ten minutes searching will see comments from people and this, that, the other that shows undeniably whether you think it's winky, wanky arty, farty or not, you get results and people yeah. are happy yeah, with dude. those results yeah. Uh, yeah so what's it matter how or why it works really as long as you're getting the results which you are doing but in terms of past life regression obviously release yeah. future life for last because that's the reference the main emphasis of your new book yeah. um so we covered the idea that maybe well the different areas people may genuinely have had past lives mm. other people argue that maybe it's genetic cell memory that yeah. you are you, you oh, yeah. someone who was a relative that you're yeah. remembering things of. There's people who say that maybe you've just taken in stuff from books or films and you've yeah. created visualization. Yeah, some would argue that you are kind of just tapping into the universal consciousness uh, yeah. and it could be someone else's experience. What and some say it's just like a metaphor. I mean, in therapy years back, I did experiment with past life regression, and uh, mm-hmm. on my website, there's videos of me doing them, like theatre show doing past lives. Yeah. And somebody who had a really sore arm, they couldn't lift it up during their past life, and I'm using that loosely. Yeah. Maybe, was genuinely a past life. Who knows? Uh, mentioned that the arm had got chopped off with a, in a sword fight.
1: Yeah.
0: And when they came back to awake consciousness as it were remembering this they could suddenly move their arm it was like yeah. once they'd found out about mm. that having happened and mm. kind of let go of the, that trauma from a past life arguably Suddenly they were able to move their arm and there was no discomfort and and they were fine. Do you you find stuff like that happening?
1: There's loads of cases like this, loads and loads of cases. One of the most interesting is Dr Ian Stevenson who talked to children and children... Every so often you'll get a child that remembers their past life. And so he went and studied and looked into the finer detail because a five-year-old isn't going to know the name and address and blah, blah, blah. But he Mm. went off and traced them. So it's been really interesting with him. I mean, there was one case with a little boy in India and he kept talking about my wife, my children, and he kept mentioning this village. Um, at the time, you didn't have the internet and the, this, they didn't have televisions and things. But an uncle said, Do you know, I've heard of that place. I'm sure it's right over the other side of India. But so he went and found that that the family and the father had been killed. No, nobody had been caught for, for, for killing him. And so what they did was they made the big journey, took the little boy there. And the little boy went straight up to this guy's house. He picked the children out, playing with a load of other children, went inside the house and found money he'd hidden and, it, you know, it's pointed to the woman and said, that's my wife. And he actually named his murderer. And there was a big court case. And that, Dr. Ian Stevenson is very well documented. But it's funny. And oh, there's loads and loads. I could tell you loads of stories that, that, that are just mind blowing, really. Absolutely mind blowing. I mean, if Denise Lynn's in town again, I would I would suggest going because I don't think there's anybody to touch her. You know, I, I went to one of hers where it was huge. I think that time it was about 500 in a room. And she said, you're sitting around people that you've known in a past life. Uh, you haven't met them in this life and she went round. after she went oh any native americans any from egypt and then she said any first world war pilots And a whole section of the audience all <laughs> put their hand up at this mind-blowing things happen with that with that woman when you go i mean it's so such a profound experience but you know some people are going to be uh thinking it, it's nonsense others will be open-minded others will totally believe it everyone i don't ever try and persuade anybody anything i mean everyone's got to come to their own conclusions I, I know hypnotherapists use it who don't actually believe in it but it's a good way of accessing information that mm-hmm. the client doesn't want to talk about certain things or it's too painful it's not so bad from a part of it's connected to a past life so it's a useful tool whether you believe it or not i i believe
0: oh, yeah as a metaphor <clears throat> yeah to, to disassociate the trauma maybe yeah yeah
1: I think, yeah yeah it's, use, it's useful there's loads of amazing stories where I mean, one of my, my er, very early ones was a guy that, and he was such an odd character. But he, it, the first time he phoned me up, I just heard loads of shouting down the phone, then a big bang, and I, I, later he phoned me. He said he was a lorry driver. He'd accidentally set off the fire extinguisher in the cab, and he was in the fast lane of the motorway. <laughs> and he was just one of these crazy guys. But I took him back to a past life, and it, and he was one of these bumbling characters. He was always getting things wrong, and he got his words muddled up and in the past life you become articulate and he was like yes well my wife's burnt the pie again and you're interrupting me when I'm eating every time I asked him a question he got annoyed with me for interrupting and it was really it's one of my really early ones and he went off it was I think it was our Amish or Aylesbury which well, I remember now but he, he went off to, and he couldn't find himself in the records he knew the year that he was a blacksmith he knew what his house was worth um and what he did, he went in the local pub and had a bit of lunch, and I actually told the guy behind the bar, and the guy said, check the Quaker records. And he found himself in the Quaker records.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he, he did some research because what he said about the house, the house existed, it was that amount of money, you know, but it would have cost about that much to buy. So, so it fit fitted in. But as you say, that could be a fluke. You know, you've got to go through a lot. I remember also named Dr. Helen Wombach did some research. And what she did was she took groups uh, back into past lives and asked some questions that you wouldn't naturally know, not the sort of thing you'd see in a movie or whatever, you know, really unusual things like about utensils or footwear or certain things that would be quite uh, not common knowledge. And she went to disprove it, and she ended up massively, massively uh, believing in past lives after doing a huge amount of research.
0: Right. Yeah. So well um yeah so i pass that I, so yeah i mean whatever it actually is there's definitely a good argument that therapeutically yeah. it can be positive for people um, think it is go and have a look
1: i mean um i've got a free download on my website if anybody wants to lay back and listen and just see if anything comes up and, you know it might it might not Well, it depends on them but um you know, I've had some great feedback and I just thought it was quite a nice thing. Just to have it as a free, free, free download, let people lay back, see their past lives. It, it can be very interesting. One of the things that interests me with it is who do you know now that you've known in a past life? And it can make so much sense when you've got conflict with your sister-in-law or your boss's work, or the day you saw that person and you fell in love with them and you felt like you'd always known them. It, it can really make sense of relationships. number I really love that the soul group, the whole the whole thing of oh we're all back again. As, some, as one guy I took back, he went, oh God, I'm married to the same bloody woman time and time again. You know, so so you can have that where you go, you're repeating that pattern. You know, we're repeating patterns, but it's that bit really fascinates me. Who's around you now that you've known before? What happened?
0: I'm. Go- Before we get onto future life progression, because I know that you know, like Paul McKenna said that you know you've got amazing clairvoyant abilities, and as I understand the word clairvoyant to mean, it means to see things that other people don't.
1: Yeah, it's intuitive. So there's, in a way, it's knowing something you can't know through logic. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I, I, I class myself as an intuitive.
0: Okay, so not clairvoyant in the sense of um, kind of Derek Carr or John Edwards, you you've seen spirits. They're, they're
1: more mediums, and so they talk to dead people. I don't really talk to dead people. Uh, well, I try not to talk to dead people. I'm more of an intuitive. I want to tap into what's coming up in the future, which some people will not get their head around, which I totally understand. But my job is to tap into the future and say there's a deal coming up this is the people go for that deal or they're offering you that. Be very careful. So, you know, that's my what I see as my job. So um, I'm the first intuitive to get a listing on IMDb. No, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Listing list as a, a intuitive consultant because I'm brought in on movies and <laughs> TV shows. <laughs>
0: excellent
1: yeah that's that's really that's that's really good fun it's nice to be acknowledged i mean i worked for these guys for a lot of years but it's nice that they've ignored in fact they backed up my new book really excellent. in fact i had one hollywood director called me up and say do you want me to write something for your book and we offered offered so yeah that yeah really good fun really good fun and by
0: your new book you're referring to future vision Your working life 10 strategies to help you get ahead the one that's i being released on the 14th of april can you tell us what the book's about um what kind of things people are learning it and um obviously i know that ties with future life progression we'll come to that on a one-to-one basis with clients later but your book tell us about it right the
1: book okay so i started to notice people were struggling with the amount of change now our brain filters have, have not upped enough for the change that's going on our, our brain filters out most of what's going on but we're bombarded with so much information so much choice that now we 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 are not coping and change is constant and i spoke to a business leader a few years ago and i said i i think we're the world's we're gonna have to reinvent ourselves every few years and he said that's exactly the conclusion he's come to the world is constantly changing and people are not coping. They're burning out. They're, 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 not, they're Everyone's got hundreds of emails every day that they're not reading. They subscribe to things. They're on every course going, trying to stay ahead. And then what, one thing I started to notice is that what works this year might not work next year. And that is a big one. You, you imagine uh, clients coming to me saying, every year I do a promo and I get a certain amount of work. I've just done the promo, haven't got a thing out of it well the world is going to keep changing and so I I put together strategies we need to thrive in the future and how I did that I did three years of research I interviewed people who always seem to be one step ahead that handle change that seem to be the thrivers that be ahead of the game so I I just thought who's who's around that's really super cool that I know is dead smart who's ahead of the game it's just looking at hypnotherapy your field in the last 10 years, there's way too many hypnotherapists and a lot of them have taken Tim courses. They're not that good, but it's kind of watered down the market. So, um, I mean, I, I talk, talk, spoke to a guy and he said, in my town, he's been going about 30 years, he said, in my town, there's usually about 15. Now we've got 45. And he's had to
0: go and get a day job. So... You see, I, I, I kind of agree with you, but by the same token the reason some of them have had to go and get day jobs isn't because there's more and more people it's because they're crap at marketing and <laughs> yeah. publicity and promotion
1: well some of them have done well up to now but when a load of new people come on the scene and promise a lot um and talk big and i've come across them and they talk very very big what they can do and i mean people go away and they, they don't see any change and mm. you know then they're disappointed so i think it does get muddied every so often but it is an example of how much has hypnotherapy changed? The techniques people use—very, some things—in the last ten years. That's just one film.
0: But uh, Man, perceptively, to be honest, I don't think the techniques have changed at all. They've they are given them different names to resell them to people. But the bits that work are the same as what worked um, in Mesmer's time, you know—placebo, ritual, and belief change. But yeah, and from a marketing perspective, I definitely agree with you. What worked, like you say, what worked even last year doesn't necessarily work this year because yeah. your visibility even on facebook What used to work on facebook marketing doesn't work two months later because they change the flipping algorithms don't they
1: well, that, well exactly so what i what i did i looked at what i kept going into the future to find out what skills We're using, and one thing they found is people at the top use their intuition far more than people lower down. That that's fact. There's been huge amount of studies into this. People at the top, and if you listen to the big shot, they talk about gut feelings. They talk about, you know, I just knew to do this. They they talk about their intuition, um, and so I found out what I did was I started to break down intuition because otherwise it is some woo woo thing. Oh, I had this vision, and and it don't really work like that. one that will interest you is did you know when there's say a train crash 25% less people show up that's huge a quarter of people don't arrive for the mm. train that day They're, they've taken into account weather you know weather reports and various other things they a big football match on that day or whatever so everyone's decided to stay at home they've taken into account what variables they could think of 25% less people now this actually happened with my husband he is we're both really bad of a morning, okay, so that's it. Get up, drink tea, keys are there, jump in the shower, da 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 Absolute robot. He's an absolute robot of a morning. A neighbour once said, I say good morning to him every morning, he'll go vroom, you know, mm-hmm. just like that. March down, jump on that train, get into London, go on the tube. That's what he does. One day he got up and he went, I'm going to go in a bit later. I went, oh, you ill? No, I'm just going to. And he had no idea why. He even looked a bit confused. Hmm. And that was the, the tube he normally catches was the one that was bombed. That is not unusual. That is not unusual. This is, it happens a lot. When things crash, a certain amount of people show up late. And they don't wake up and go, oh, oh I've had this huge premonition. They go, do you know what? Yeah, I, don't think, I think I'll go later. Oh, I, think I won't go. Some, they'll, they'll give it some logic as, you oh, know, I just thought I'd go in a bit later or I need to do this, I need to do that but 25% show up, less show up. That is huge. Mm. So people are aware of their intuition. What I did was I broke down how it works. I started to examine So how your intuition works would be different from mine. So I actually broke down the components and started to examine people and talk to people and interview people and film people and watch how does your intuition work. So that's, that's one of the things. I, I went right into that. Uh, the publisher asked me to put a lot of future life progression in which I was really grateful for, because obviously it's my thing. So I do a lot of exercises where we go and have a look at the future. Um, I teach people how to filter out all the noise. We're surrounded by so much noise. And you know that the people who do well are the people who focus. The people that are doing 10 different things. I mean, I've got people close to me who do a bit of hypnotherapy, but they're doing nails, you know they're doing some these now but they're doing hypnotherapy and they sell a bit of this and they do a bit of that are they going to be successful? No they're not you know, yeah. but the people who hone their skills and really focus and make that their thing they're the ones that seem to do very well in life so teach people to get rid of the noise and simplify the people who do well in the future the people who simplify you know you i mean I've watched I sat with a friend of mine and watched some of your videos and you go do 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 do. This is what you do. Exactly what Paul McKenna, Richard Bandler, all the greats, They 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 can take complex information, and give it to you in bite-sized pieces. You go, oh, okay. I tried to learn that. Went on a course, read the book, and you go bump bump boom, boom. You do it. You do what the other what the guys do, like Bandler. You give it to people. This is the process. This is how it works. No bullshit. No flowering it up. No no complicating it to look clever. Straightforward. This is what you do and that's what people so i'm teaching people to simplify the other there's 10 different things i won't go into all of them but one of the other thing is is how to find your creative genius okay because as more things become automated and people just say ai isn't going to take over it's already taking over phone your bank go to your doctor we'll be reading stuff off the screen he isn't sitting there listening to you You're looking at the side of his head while he's looking at the screen. Everything's becoming. People have no idea how automated everything already is. When you use your store card, they're analysing your purchases. They're analysing it. They know how much alcohol you drink. You know. Yeah. You, know you, you, you know. You're. you're it, it, the, the automation is huge. The people that are going to thrive in the future are the genius ideas. Now. It's, uh, a study showed NASA um, um, commissioned a, a study. to. They wanted to know to their engineers and rocket scientists were creative geniuses. And the scientists came in and perfectly identified them. Really clever stuff. And they found that was a very, very simple process. They rolled it out and tried it on little kids under the age of five. No. So, like 97% of them were creative geniuses by the time they're 12. That's gone down to 14%. By the time they're adult, it's about 3%. So we're born creative geniuses, and it fades. The good news is you can get it back. So I, I did a, 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 so that book. I did three years' research of looking into talking to the people that bring out creative genius, bring out the best in people.
0: A creative genius. Um... You mean, and I'm assuming you mean because you make mention of it getting drummed out of you you grow, imagination could be another word, yeah?
1: Yeah, imagination, yeah. I mean, look at little kids. I love, I, I put in a piece about my little grandson, Luca, my, my, my youngest grandson, and he'll sit there, and you've seen little boys do it, he, he, just in a world of his own, and he's got a pen and it'll be...
0: Yeah.
1: and then there's explosions then it will beat up one of the other Lego toys and you know that is imagination, kids don't filter we filter, we filter. Oh, I better not say that Google did a lot of research in, into as well, as done a lot of research into creativity and getting people to be brave with their creativity, coming up with an idea and a lot of it is feeling safe to actually stand up and come up with an idea that everyone might think what, which might be ludicrous it might be an idiotic but if you keep turning out ideas there'll be a genius one amongst it and we're scared to turn
0: the ideas think that that is why because i mean like generally, in the world of psychology it gets banded around and it, it's like anything generally speaking but there's always exceptions but generally speaking from zero to seven of the formative years said yeah. sick man fraud and other people but during that period it's like when we're in the theater state isn't it so mm-hmm. Imaginary friends are not exactly imaginary, they're almost reality to the child because it's that believable. And then we have that drummed out of us.
1: Absolutely.
0: Do you think that's why these big, like Silicon Valley companies and things like Google? uh started to encourage their employees to dress however they wanted, to like have the slide from upstairs down yeah, yeah, to make yeah. it more childlike, to bring that state of mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Google at one point asked that their staff spend 20% of their time in creativity and coming up with ideas and playing. I mean, they'll have pinball machines, anything to play. I mean, I I find that very difficult because I'm old school and I think go to bloody work, stop playing. I find that irritating. I think I, I, I like adults to act like adults. That's like get grown men playing computer games. I'm like... <laughs> You know, I, I like adults about that. But I understand the creative process. And Obviously, working with so many people in L.A., it's a creative factory there. Now, that I love. You know, we can make a movie about oh, – most of them got a penny to eat this to rub together. But it's that constant, let's make a movie out of this. Or oh, that could be – di- that letting the ideas flow. And when you think of it, look at some of the shows that were on telly. If I come up with them or you did, we'd sit there and go, oh, don't be daft, you know. Like meet trying to meet a future partner and it's pitch black and you've got oh you're wandering around with no clothes on it's pitch yeah, I mean, it's
0: just, what's that about
1: yeah but somebody come up with that idea and it seemed to be doing well Love Island I, I mean I'd feel an idiot coming up with that I'd feel I would feel an idiot coming up with that I, I would definitely hold that one back so you know people are coming up with ideas look at Elon Musk probably a crazy greatest creative genius and he does some dumb stuff as well i mean he yeah i'm
0: not coffee. sure if he is that creative i think he's a front man to make the public accept certain things that militaries want and yeah oh i'm going to let me paint and be free for everyone to use so i look like mr nice guy well hang on a minute you nick most of it off um, tesla anyway and his paintings
1: I, I would like to meet him. I've kind of put it out there. I want to meet that guy. I'm quite curious to meet him. I'm quite curious. It'd be oh, interesting. Sure it'd
0: be interesting, him. yeah.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, but that, that's another subject, because there's some people out there that aren't like other people, and, and it's almost biologically they're not like other people, and I can't explain it. Tom Cruise is another one. look at him, and I feel like he's not, not like other people. I don't know how or why, but he just doesn't feel like other people. I can't quite define it, but...
0: Elon Musk I mean, is he is, he's the poster boy for Scientology, isn't he? He's so yes, but there's, some,
1: there's something about him that doesn't feel like other people and it's not just just the Scientology. And I, I don't know, I, I can't explain it, but when I look at him, he's not like other people. It's a, it's a weird one. I can't explain it. It's, it's more of a biological thing. I think, how can they be different? They, they, they remind me of the man who fell to earth, that kind of thing. I, I can't explain it. I have no logical explanation for it but they just feel different when I tap into them they feel very different from mm. normal people so it's, it's a yeah it's a weird one but yeah creative genius and I think I've got I've got another one is we're becoming more isolated as we were and people are getting bad at socializing you know in my day you're out every night and now people my friend who had a high-rise flat and she said she felt like she's going home to a filing cabinet or drawing the filing cabinet. And people are working from home. They're not out socialising. They're losing their social skills. And I think what's the point if you don't, if you're not out mixing with people and doing amazing things? I don't, so I think one of the things I, I've, worked, I've put in there, I've put a chapter on finding your tribe. And I think your tribe, you know, you get people, you just kind of, you're on the same wavelength. You mm-hmm. get each other. It might be a bit all Trekkies or whatever, or you're all into tap dancing, whatever it is. It might be you're all creative and come up for ideas, or you might be intellectuals or whatever it is. But finding your tribe, I've got a chapter on that, because I think it's really, really important to have the right people around you.
0: I think you mean more so, Law, in the world of reality, don't you, Lo-Ann? because a lot yeah. of people probably think they have found their tribe. Yeah. Because they're in facebook groups and they're on there oh, yeah. yeah. um, but that's actually not necessarily that constructive because it's isolating you more isn't it
1: yeah it is isolating you more uh, it's real life i like real yeah. life you've got to have people and it might be you talk online to them and you're part of a group but in real life meet up once a month or go and see them all you can't be around people, haven't you? I, I don't understand how people are losing that ability and it's quite scary because the young people, it, 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 going back to basic sociology, back back to original Haralambas early sociology, they found that more you're connected to other people in real life the less liable you are to commit suicide I mean that that there was huge amount of studies into this so even people who that they go to their local church and you know they go to bingo on a Monday night or whatever it is they come from a big family they're less liable to commit suicide the more isolated people get they obviously go downhill emotionally and mentally Mm. so so the tribe is important and people who get you and get what you're saying and get what you're thinking and you get them it's it's lovely isn't it you've had it you've been around people you're on the same wavelength you just feel like you come alive i mean it's perfect
0: cool so um in terms of we we know it's about working life uh the new book in terms of someone who gets this and, and the majority of people that anyone could see this video when it goes out but yeah. it's probably going to be a, a mind therapist of some description or, or, or a, a fortune t- it's going to be somebody in the new age complementary alternative medicine field like <laughs> um how applicable are the strategies in this book for them to use in their own life and business oh
1: no anybody can use them um Excellent. If- any of my books you can pick them up and just work from them I mean, people say i give too much information away make it too easy should make it a bit harder than they've got to come and see me but um no it, it, it's a book you pick up and use it's very very easy to use yeah
0: cool so um i believe you you obviously you also run live courses yeah
1: yeah i've got one coming up in march uh 2020 i love that year to mention
0: that because obviously you might be watching this in 2022 but yeah. there'll still probably be other courses listed on Anne's website but yeah you've got one coming it up it will
1: be and i've got trainers in in various places so if i'm not doing one one of my trainers will be and they're really they're really spot on they're really good but i've got one in march i'm trying to think 13th to the 15th that'll be in maidenhead but I've, Probably be doing one in Dubai at the end of the year. Um, I think uh, one of my trainers doing one in New Zealand in the autumn. Uh, we're looking at another one in France. Uh, I'll probably do another one in Norway later on in the year. So g- give us a shout if you want to train. Basically, and, um,
0: whenever you see this video, if you go to Anne's website, or when you see this video, assuming it's before March 2020, there'll be a link below it. But if not, there'll be Anne's website below it and you can go and visit her and find out more and stuff. So, um, ex- thank you for putting up with my um, devil's ask, advocate, sceptical.
1: Ask anything you like.
0: V- view of, uh, of things. Um, OK, I'm, I, I've asked everyone that I, I've interviewed and I will be asking everyone the same question, which is if somebody came to you mm um work on the basis that they're just starting out because ironically the advice you'd give someone who's just starting out there mm. can often be people out there who are already established who mm. can learn from that because it's often the obvious things that people miss mm. what would be your top three tips to somebody who wanted to get into the world of i'll just say the world of therapy yeah absolutely so
1: For one, I would say find, in a way, find your guru, the person who you relate to the most, because it's nice to have somebody to sort of look at and see what they're doing and listen to what they teach. I would say keep it simple. Don't try and learn everything. Don't go on a course every bloody weekend for your toolbox. Don't try and learn everything. Keep it simple. Rather than trying to learn loads of techniques, concentrate on your client. Listen to them. The best therapist, just listen and use their instinct how to work with that person working instinctively works far better than some technique they're, I think they're my two main ones what was my third one I think I think yeah keeping it simple and I think look at who comes to you because who comes to you will show you your specialist area you will have a specialist area rather than run around trying to find it You'll find people with a specific thing keep coming to you. I get addictions. I've got addictions. My daughter gets people with anxiety and panic attack. They never come to me. I don't know what to do with them. I wouldn't know what to do with people having panic attacks, but I know what to do with addictions. I watch people and they attract to types. So, see who comes to you, what's the common thing. Then you will find what your absolute special, special instinct, what that best part of you. The, that that specialist area is
0: excellent and then i've got a couple more things on my list here unfortunately i have got time to ask them Hooray. <laughs> um first one i know and i'm not going to mention names because obviously um and i'm not expecting you to either because you wouldn't Well, you you just couldn't ethically because we're client confidentiality but i am aware that you have got um certain celebrity clients yeah now, obviously, we mentioned you work with companies before that are household names, but I mean, actually, on a one-to-one basis, celebrity yep. clients as well. Um, how how does that come about? You know, the people, how, how do you end up getting celebrity clients?
1: Right. I'll tell you what happened to me. I just worked bloody hard for many years, Now, I worked really hard, and then somebody will come to you, then they'll tell somebody else, then they'll tell somebody else. And when a celebrity comes to you, they're so fed up with people. The minute somebody comes to them, you got them, oh, you could help me get a television show. And then their information's leak, none of that. I don't ask them for anything. I just don't ask them for anything. I wouldn't dream of it. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a leak. And uh, and I get on well with them. So they tend to come back. So that was the main thing. But it, it's like um I, I don't know if you know, but I made a video with little mix and it's had about four. All right. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, uh, four hundred and fifty thousand hits obviously because they're, they're the biggest girl band in the well, world.
0: You know what I'm doing when we finish this interview before my next scheduled interview, I'm going on YouTube. What video I'm, is it?
1: Yeah, it's it's um it's something like on the road. It's something oh, no. like on the road and it was to do with their their spooky tour. I'm not named in it, but well, I do I, I make a video and I do them little readings and, and things. But what it is, somebody that works with them has come to me for years. So when they went and new albums about spooky stuff we need to go to somebody, my name come up, and that's what happens. It's like people have said, I went into a meeting in in Hollywood and and somebody mentioned you and somebody across the room went, oh, yeah, I know, know? (laughs) Anne. So you just work hard and you do a good job and treat people respectfully. Eventually the names start to show up. That will happen. I mean, you know, that will happen. I've never gone looking or... I've seen people with well-known people go, oh, come to me, come to me, and, you know, and start hassling people. It's embarrassing. I've I've been out with celebrities and people come up uh, hassling them, and it's embarrassing, and I've never known them do that. You do a good job, and I don't care who it is. You treat them respectfully and do a good job. I don't care if they're rich or poor, work well for everybody. Eventually, they'll hear about you. I mean, um, how one of the biggest names came uh, a girl that knew one of the big names came to me and she was playing a game. I'm gonna show you this is all nonsense. I'm gonna and she kept uh-huh. going, I oh, want you to tell me about my uncle Fred, do you know, because I'm worried about him and I went, I'm not picking up any Uncle Fred, you sure you've got an uncle Fred? She's making up making him up. So she went back to celebrity and went, You like all that spooky stuff, you want to go see that one? She she suss, sussed out. I was playing the game <laughs> with her. And then this guy came and obviously they tell other people so it's it's one of them things but no doing good work for people whoever they are eventually the slips find you
0: i'm going to pick out uh, and remind you of just something you said right at the start of that for people at home who may not have noticed it, it was the um well i'm going to paraphrase it but if they rewind and watch again they'll, they'll, they'll recognize the bit i'm on about it's effectively in your words you said don't treat them like a celebrity yeah
1: yeah yeah. they'll
0: they'll get naffed off getting that all the time that treat them as a person
1: yeah absolutely yeah and they need to feel safe talking to you because people are forever leaking telling everybody you watch the american shows now began oh i i did a reading for so and so and i told her and you just don't know that, that, that don't you don't talk about her marriage problems on a chat show you just know I just wouldn't do it they, I've even had um press come up they know I'm dealing with certain people and there's stuff going on so I'll get the press come up and try and get information out of me and they'll they pretend they're not press and um have a reading and go oh I heard you know so and try and get information out of you people do that um you just have to be really you, you can't have any gray areas with this you can't have gray areas it's black and white that ain't gonna happen. Forget it. I don't care how much money you got, it ain't gonna ha- I sleep at night. I sleep well at night. And I treat people properly and that they appreciate it. There's you go out one night with a celeb, you would be amazed at how many people hassle you and want stuff from you. And and you know, it's annoying. So no, I don't ask for anything. I just do my job, treat them properly, like you do. And uh, yeah, it, it grows from there. They'll tell other people, go, it's all right, see Annie, she's all right
0: excellent there's valuable lessons there um extremely valuable lessons there for people watching Mm. i'm not saying if you follow those lessons you're automatically going to get celebrity clients you may not but follow those lessons and you will get more clients Mm. at the very least um so it's got to be a win-win So, okay, we are sadly getting very close to the end of the allotted time slot. So, um, first things first, what are your websites, social media channels? How do people find you? Because I know you've got a load of great videos on YouTube that people can find out more, learn more, and, and whatnot. What's your channel on YouTube?
1: Just uh, yeah, just look up josh on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Andrewsh, A W N E, then J I R S for sugar C H. josh you look me up. Uh, There's nobody else with my name, which is handy. So yeah, yes, it so is
0: definitely. handy. It's site You will find when you search. Excellent. Yeah,
1: just just look me up. Say hello. I'm on Facebook. I do a lot on Facebook. I don't amuse everybody, that's for sure. But um yeah <laughs> some people and get if, I
0: always get if when you go on YouTube to check out uh, don't forget look search little mix on the road or perhaps with the word spooking you might see how yeah uh, also it's on if, the road. yeah if you type in Jonathan Royal and just, you'll also see when Anne had me on her show and took me into the future and uh Uh, I discovered the rather depressing future for the hypnotherapy world. I'm not going to tell you about (laughs) that. You have to go and watch the video. Yes, (laughs) things are bleak unless you do things a bit differently. Thank you ever so much, Anne. It has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Very enjoyable. Thank you.
0: Thank you. See you all next week on Hypnosis Week.